at you. Look at you, not clearing your throat, not coughing. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to After Service, a production of Open Door Community Church in Aurora, Oregon, featuring your pastor, Brian Ricketts. Hi there. Hey. <laughs> hey, it's me. Hi. Oh, <laughs> uh, and our and 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 Joe, our our, uh, our amazing worship worship pastor, who can sing as Kermit the Frog and Hi, Hulk. Elmer Fudd. Frog here. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You were singing worship songs on Sunday before service yeah. in those in those voices, and that's always gets people a good giggle. So, how's your week been? Good. You know, three day weekend. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, you know, I don't know about you, but three day weekends are. Do you know what the term scope creep is? Have you heard that before? No. So in project management, you have a scope. Like, what's the, what are we trying to accomplish? Okay. You know, and that uh, scope creep is when you take what you had agreed that you were going to accomplish, and then you add to that. Uh -huh. um, we do, I call Vanessa, my wife, for those of you listening for the first time, the queen of scope creep, because we <laughs> will plan what we're going to do for a given time period. And then she'll go, well, let's do this too. And it becomes <laughs> like too much. Now I say that, and this past weekend, it was my fault, but three-day weekends tend to be just prepared for you to add more instead of being like, Oh, I have an extra day to rest. It's I have an extra day to, to get stuff done, to try to get stuff done. And then to finish up the three day weekend, more stress and less rested than huh. intended. Um, in this case on Monday, I decided I was going to replace the flooring in the bathroom, um, which means pulling the toilet, clearing wow. the old flooring and uh, and that stuff and then laying the flooring and then replacing the toilet oh. it's not that big a deal it's just that it's a small room i'm six still i'm tall and i need to get it done before soccer practice so <laughs> we finished play re putting the toilet back into place at like 12 40 with soccer practice starting at six no stress no, no stress. And uh, I also did one of those things that I I'm ashamed of in where I um, got frustrated. And rather than taking a break, walking away, doing some good breathing or whatever, I took the hammer and just destroyed a piece of flooring. And then I felt shame about that. <sighs> it's just sitting in a place of dishonor in the garage where I can look at that and go, that's about that's ten bucks you threw away or twenty. Oh, Joe, that sounds familiar. Although I haven't done that in a while, but I've certainly done that. Most guys have. Yeah. Most people have. Let's not just say guys. A lot of people have. I, I would like to give the the fair gender an extra credit, in that they tend to do a better job of managing their emotions. I don't know. There's Maybe always exceptions, but I think generally, I mean, I'd be interested to hear <laughs> the ones I say. know. I don't think so. I think they express it differently. So we guys don't see it. <laughs> if you give me a rubber mallet, I'm going to beat something up with it. You know? No. Yeah. I don't think they get mad at mad in that way. No, no. They get mad right. when they get mad. They get mean. Right. Right. There's cruelty there. They get cruel. They get, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they, they're, 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 they're wax or not physical. It's verbal. Yes. Do you Which, remember that uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me? 
Yeah. Right. That's so not true. So not true. Sticks and stones may, may break my Give bones. Give me sticks and stones all day long, yeah. right? But words will wound me for generations. <laughs> yeah. 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 But that isn't it. Okay. This is a complete side note. And But there was a period of time where I really was wrestling with the question of, okay, if people were asked... What are the what are the tendency the, the sinful tendencies of men in general? What list the main sins? And and it was it, it was prompted by a, some a video I saw. No, maybe it was a video or it was a speaker talking about things he does. And and when they asked women that question, they could they could list they list like three or four things. Boom, no problem. And then they asked, well, what are women's? And they didn't have an answer. So I thought, well, they have to have something. So I started asking the women in my life, mm-hmm. well, well, what sins do, do, do women tend to? And they go, the same thing as you. <laughs> There's no difference. We still struggle with lust. We still struggle with anger. We still struggle with pride and greed and everything else. It's like, oh. Yeah. Huh. That's it's, interesting. It's just the way that it's expressed is, yes. is very different. Um, yeah. Very uh, different. Uh, this is something we could probably explore quite a bit, and but <laughs> and we should talk about uh, the message on Sunday and get into that. Um, yes, and uh, yeah. So how, how, let's hear that elevator speech, sir. Uh, it's hard, you know. Okay, let me be honest about this sermon. I think it was a mess, and it was a mess because because these the first four four verses in 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 Habakkuk chapter 2 are very difficult to translate there's a lot of debate and different ways of looking at it and and I never was really able to fully get a clear this is where I'm going with it mm. i mean the the simple answer of it is is straight is straightforward but there's so many nuances and i got lost in the weeds and the nuance and and but the basic story is you know habakkuk is like what are you doing with all this sin in the world i don't get it i don't understand so he god gives him a vision and um, these first chapter two is kind of the uh, the, uh, the introduction, the, the prelude to the vision, which is in chapter three. And the first couple of verses is God's um, introduction to the vision. And so, and it just says, "Hey, look, I'm coming back." There's a it's a vision of the end times in which Jesus comes back, and uh, you need to wait for it, even if it seems like it's going to take a long time. Wait for it, and and who gets to stand in this day of judgment it's the righteous the people who and here's part of the debate depending on how you read it it's 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 either god's faithfulness or it's your steadfast faith or it's it's something along this lines but the idea is you you need to you need to trust that god's going to deal with this and that's that's the issue trust trust god He's going to take care of things, and we kind of builds, that's really big. It kind of builds on what we talked about last week with the podcast. Yes, the idea that there is hope in God's justice—that mm-hmm. if you have faith that He's going to take care of things, then then that's something that you get to kind of set on a shelf because right. you, it's not yours anymore. Um, easier mm-hmm. said than done. Now, this is Habakkuk oh, yeah. two verses one through four. Right, right. F- five through through the rest of the chapter is 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 a list of condemnation. It's the reasons for the 
for, 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 the, for the judgment that's coming. It's all these woes, woe to this person and that person and that person. But is verses a, one through four is the, key, is the key. Is there a translation that you prefer? In this case? Yeah. No. Okay. There's a variety of them that have issues. I mean, I like what, what Hebrews chapter 10 did because they quote this verse um, where, and I could, I don't have my, where's my Here, Bible? Here, I've got, I, I can bring it up. Hebrews I know, 10. but I want to have my Bible in my hand. All right. Ah, there we go. So, so they, tr they translate verse, the end of chapter, verse three. Um, okay. In, in the New American Standard, it says, though it tarries, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. But Hebrews translates that. Um, uh, the writer of Hebrews translates that as, though he tarries, wait for him. He will certainly come. He will not delay. He makes it that it's talking about a person. And I think that's true. I, you know, I think, I think what's happening in, um, in this vision is he's seeing this coming one, which is clearly what we see in chapter three, and and God is saying, though he seems this coming one seems to delay coming, wait for him; he's going to come, and that. So I agree with that version. Yeah. Well, to me, that goes back to. I mean, it does very much speak to judgment. The idea that, first of all, when though he tarries, is almost a judgmental term that says he's not going to come in your time. It's his time. So it may feel like he's delaying, and maybe he is, and that's to your benefit. Um, yep. And his, and his timing is perfect. And um, but I, I think that really come it really points very specifically to there's hope in laying mm -hmm. down whatever you think you have to carry, whatever you think you have to accomplish, and recognize that you can go ahead and live your life and allow that God to take care of the rest of that stuff. Um, In the time he's going to take care of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think so. I, I, you know, and I think that's a lot of what it is. And and it's interesting that we're not, and I don't know if, if, if it'll be you and I, or it'll be an interview next week, but it's interesting as I just think about this whole book. And it's one of the things this time, because it's not the first time I pre preaches, but it's just interesting to me to see Habakkuk's tone change from chapter one to end of chapter three. He, at the beginning, he's confused. He's he's worked up. He's kind of he's frustrated. But at the end, and perhaps a little self-righteous, but at the end, he's far more humble and he's he's patient. He said, you know, he, it's, it's that famous verse, though, even though there's no grapes on the on the on the vine, I'm going to trust that it's going to happen. And uh, he's just he's just transformed by seeing mm. this vision, and it's just an interesting transformation, and it's, it kind of speaks to what you're getting at. Well, and it reminds me of Jonah because Jonah never got there, right? I don't think he did. Yeah, right. He, you know, it's almost like they started. Habakkuk is different, though. He he's in a very different place. Yeah, and I I think they they both kind of provide a model for. For us today as Christians, one of the things that I mentioned after your sermon was we're talking about the hope that comes with that is it seems like a lot of us are um, moving through this world as Christians, assuming that it's our job to take yeah. care of the judgment piece of things. And 
not trusting that he's going to take care of it. That we're like, I don't have the patience mm-hmm. for God to tarry. I'm going to take care of this. Right. Um, and that's a bit of the Jonah piece of that. It's like, I can't believe God, you're going to let this happen. Right. Well, this is, all, this is bogus, whatever. Right. And Habakkuk comes around to like, okay, God, I, all right. Like Vanessa says, it's above my pay grade. You got above it. Above our pay grade. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of what he ends up saying. This is above my pay grade. And it, and, the, and there's a, there's a piece to it. And that's kind of what I got got at the end of it too. Is you know what what if we really embrace this this concept of this this truth that Jesus as Judge is coming back and he's going to set it right. If there's a way to think about that and present it in a in a positive light, I think that'd be really helpful because we don't we always think of it as a negative, but but that's part of it is I don't have to, I don't have to stress out about fixing the world because Jesus will. It doesn't mean I don't act justly. It doesn't mean I don't do my part to try and make things better, but, but the weight isn't on my shoulders. Right. It's some, it's to me, it it also relates to kind of how the Holy Spirit works uh, in the world in that we don't have to have the right words or the perfect words Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. that he's going to take care of that. Uh, And, you know, forgive me for this, but, uh, you know, in the counseling world, there's kind of the idea of, like, it's not your job to fix somebody. Right. You're just nudging them along. And um, if all you do is move them forward a centimeter, you've moved them forward a centimeter. You don't have to solve everything. So if you trust that the Holy Spirit is going to do its job, do his job, then then you there's a certain freedom that comes yeah. there that um i wish that we all kind of felt a little bit you know right. so, oh that gets hard when you're dealing with people though isn't it <laughs> well that's what i, I was going to ask you is like where's the kind of the, the demarcation line between being tolerant of something that we shouldn't tolerate and trusting that god's got it taken care of you know it, it at what point do is it our job um I don't think there's a clear answer, but I'm just curious. My thoughts on that. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and in what context are you talking about? Are you talking about just it between two people or are you talking about like in a society? Well, let's, let's take the inner, the, you know, interpersonal component of that, you know, where um, you see somebody who is acting or, you know, actively sinning or something that is offensive to you or whatever, how do we respond to that in a way that provides a nudge without without waiting for God to come in and and act? That's not very well, clearly my, stated. Well, well my, my first thought goes to is that Matthew 18, um, that, that, and, and, and the right way to think about Matthew 18, which is the thing, what, what do you do if a brother sins against you? That's that whole passage. And the basic point is, and it's sometimes not understood rightly, I think, is, is it's, it's an escalating process process without a timeline where you slowly increase more people around them to help them get better. But, but ultimately, and you can see it in that passage, all you can do is present people with an opportunity to change. Mm. You can't make them change. But at the end of the day, if they won't 
get better or change, then there has to be a boundary that's put up. And that's Christian to Christian, right? And that's Christian to Christian, really, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, that's Christian to Christian. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's these, these different scenarios, right? If, if, it's, uh, if it's Christian to non-Christian, if they're, let's say, acting in a way that puts people in jeopardy or um, puts yourself in jeopardy. It's just like if you have issues with lust, you you, do, you don't go and minister at a strip club. No. That, right. Um, but um, but maybe we don't have a role in judging people who don't share the same beliefs. That's where we have an opportunity to model what we think that would be a desirable life, a hopeful mm -hmm. life, so that they're going to want some of that. I don't know, throwing that out there. Yeah, I mean, well, I think it needs to be said that I think Christians need to appreciate, need to accept the, the reality that if you, if they are not a believer, don't expect them to live their lives by the same set of morals that you do. I mean, why would you expect that? I mean, you want them to because you believe that that's the way that's going to work best for their lives. But <laughs> well, yeah, it's you know. Like, but it's, it's like when you watch somebody go and get dinner at McDonald's, and you're like, "Why are you polluting your body like that?" Right. I mean, I, I, of course, I do that occasionally. Uh, but you know, you can see. Well, here's like, wouldn't it be great if you ate like all these vegetables and all you know, right. and you ate much healthier? It's like the idea that you you know you wish that they would understand that because it would be better for them and you want the best yeah. for them. Well, and this gets to something I said two weeks ago, which is, I think, I think a response is better to be grief rather than anger. So instead right. of being angry at the person who's eating a McDonald's, how about just be sad at the fact that they're polluting their body, you know, and that's the analogy for those. So, okay. In, you want to go and you want to have sex with all the people you possibly can to do all this stuff. But the reality is, is that's not going to be healthy for you in the end. And, and, you know, it's your life, it's your choice, but I can still be, I can see the, the, the train wreck that's coming and grieve you for you yeah. for that. There, there's a, um, unfortunately, I, I'm not, I don't know if it's a skill or it's a character trait, let's say call it a character trait that is far too, um, uncommon, which is for people to hear, Hey, that's not the best way to do it and to and then to respond accordingly you know the whole idea that so many of us we, we can be told over and over again not to put our hands on the hot stove but until we do it it doesn't register and that's one of the things that i appreciate about my wife so much is that she's a person who does a great job of going oh that's a bad idea cool not gonna do it me <laughs> i'm like oh that is hot well shoot and i th <laughs> i think that's a lot she's of a wise person yeah yeah she is. that's wisdom right there to listen to people is wisdom yeah <laughs> which we don't have much in our society right now no no it's hard <laughs> it's pretty bad yeah. so i don't i would say yeah on a personal level i mean there's all this you know you grieve you give opportunities all that sort of stuff but if you're looking at a societal level that gets much harder and 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 this is this is a something that that i think probably not in this setting that but that, that I would I, I want to be able to have a longer conversation with you joe on 
how do we as Christians navigate politics? Because being on the right or to the left is not a helpful thing. It's no. just yeah. no. And so I don't I don't know where that that's a long one. And maybe it's not just you and I, but we, we got it because oh, the world is getting a mess. And so I, and I don't think I don't know that Christians. And I know some very much disagree with me on this, but I don't think Christians are called to be political movers and shakers. I, I don't see the first apostles doing that. I, I just don't. I see them working on an individual level, calling people to Jesus and doing right. And that, that, that alone is enough to transform a society, yeah. I think. Well, I think that, that actually, and not, we don't have to delve into it too deeply, but that to me is an example of us imposing justice or judgment upon a world instead of trusting that God's got it taken care of. It's like, oh, no, we need to do this. Like, right. to me, that that's a lot of what that is. And it doesn't matter which side of an argument you're on. Yeah. That you're like, oh, no, we need to yeah. take care of this. Um, right, because if not, it's never going to get fixed. And then every, all hope is lost, blah, blah, blah. Somebody no, said not. something, maybe it was you and I talking last week. I'm trying to remember. But, like, one of the best and the worst things that ever happened to Christianity was... Was was it Constantine? Whatever, declaring, Constantine. Yeah, yeah, declaring that Christianity was the official religion, right? I mean, that's that's that intersection of faith and politics that was incredibly destructive. A lot of benefits, but there was a seed of of negativity of of Christendom. Yeah, oh, it's never that. left. It's never left. Well, at least Western Christianity. I don't know about the rest of the world, but certainly not Western Christianity. Yeah. yeah. I mean, do, do, does anybody really truly have faith if it's imposed upon them? You know, <laughs> you're going to die if you don't do this. I mean... Yeah, well, that's the Muslim's viewpoint. Yeah. Converter or the sword. Yeah. That's pretty much it. And we're not quite that way, but it's still the point of Christendom of... Yeah, it's kind of societally imposed, imposed by the power of the state, and not good. So let me kind of follow this a little bit. And, you know, in America, in, you know, leading up into the 60s, and I think that's when the transition occurred, that mm -hmm. mainline church attendance was culturally, and uh, like, it's what you did. Like, what church do right. you belong to? Right. Um, Everybody went to church. It was Everybody assumed. went to church. It was a social interaction. Um, right. And then it, I think that there was a transition out of that in the 60s. And, I, and sometimes I wonder if all this this sweaty grip that we're trying to hold, you know, hold on to Christianity in America is because we want to culturally go back to that that same time. And what can we do to bring that back? And I might argue that were people, did people believe more then, or was mm. it just what you did? I mean, that in my family, it's just what you did. My dad you yeah. know, only believed the Catholic Church was the real church. I mean, at least when mm -hmm. I was a kid, he did. He changed. But yeah. it was, no, we are Irish Catholic, and therefore we go to the Catholic Church. I certainly think... I, I certainly agree that there's 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 a decent part of that, you know, that people who are culturally Christians, you know, as one commentator put it, you know, moralistic, theistic, 
uh, people who basically, yeah, they have a general, God, there's the good Lord, whoever that is, and I generally agree with the morals, but it's not necessarily because I actually believe it. Right, I agree, and I think that's dying out in America. I don't think we'll ever get it back myself, but... But the other side of it, people would say, but, but, but they did, I, the, the more, there were, I think we were a more moral country back then. I think so. It still had its faults. We could list all others out quite easily. But, but I think that's what they're longing for. But it's also, you know, as, as I'm talking out both sides of my mouth here, <laughs> it reminds me, it also just, just now reminds me a little bit of, of the of the of the worship wars that you and I have, have went through where people just they gotta have those hymns. Yeah. Because that's comfortable. Right? And that's better because that's what I've always, that's what I grew up with. And you see people with that. He's like, I want the the America I grew up with. Yeah. And I you know, and obviously well not obviously, you know, I can say and I think you can too, that the nostalgia for what was important to us when we were younger as we see, you know, the, you know, the later generations moving away from that, right. you know, there's a grief that goes along with that, you know, I, you know, and I think part of that is that, do you feel like in your, that you are the same person, basically the same soul that you were when you were 13 years old, when, you know, GI Joe toys were popular and, and transformers and that yeah. kind of stuff. And that there's a longing for that. Not to be that yeah. young again, but that we just haven't. We're, we're oh, I, I think person. that's all the case. Yeah, I, I, I think we need to not though. Put, go so far into well, you know, change is change. To but sometimes the past was actually better, and because there's a, there's a tendency I think in since the Enlightenment the assumption that progress progress is always better. It's not always better. Sometimes it's it's worse. I mean, look at the my look at my 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 freezer. I have a freezer in my garage that's been that's older than me and it's still working. Meanwhile, I've gone through three refrigerators in the same time. Newer's not always better. Yeah, I remember my dad bought a um, a, a tiller, a rototiller, Montgomery Ward rototiller. Remember what Montgomery Ward's was, and oh, yeah. he had it for like twenty years. And decided I'm gonna I'm gonna buy a new rototiller. He bought it. He hated the new one. It wasn't as good as the old one. He gave the it new one good. away. Went right back to Montgomery Ward. And it just it, that's you right. Know, that yeah, things aren't necessarily better. Um, right. You know, there's things like I don't know the way that we eat, all the processed food and stuff. Oh. It's not better. It's just no. more convenient. What? Why? Why are? Why is there an epidemic of, of, of obesity in America? And it's, it's, there, there's, there's multiple reasons probably for it. It's, and so <laughs> it's not, it's, we're not better in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, Sorry for the far ranging is, conversation. It's, I know. So, but, but either way, so all, with all of that said, you know, how do, because that's what this whole book is about. How do we, as, as, as a Christian, as a person of, of, of faith, how do we, how do we deal with the, the, the mess that Habakkuk is seeing? And how do we deal with the mess that we're, de we're seeing? And, and, and among them is this, is this, at the core of this is this, tr is this trusting of faith. Um, how much, oh, hey, okay, can we have a <laughs> 
because we were supposed to talk about trust and all of that. Okay, okay. So I'll put it online because is that forgiveness and trust is two different things. Oh, we were talking about this. Was that this week? That we're supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Trust and, 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 and forgiveness is two different things. Okay, because trust has to do with righteousness. If you are rightly relating to someone, then you can trust them. If they are not rightly relating to you, you can't trust them. It's pretty much that simple, right? And so my my issue was, is I was confusing. I have in the past, without reference to the previous one, I had confused um, righteous God crediting us righteousness with forgiving because when God does that he does both he does two things he once he removes all of our uh, of our sins and he so we're no we're no longer gonna get punished for what we do that's forgiveness but at the same time in Jesus we're also credited with righteousness and so my thinking is like when Jesus forgives he not only not only for, right doesn't want to punish you for your sins but he also trusts you again well that's because he's crediting you righteous but we don't get to do that we get to just say, I'm not going to punish you for your sin, forgiveness, but we can't credit people righteousness. We got to, we got to go, okay, fine. You're back to square one again. And you're going to have to prove to me that you're worthy of trust by acting rightly for a while. Now, does that, that's, that's what I'm thinking now about this whole thing. What, any comments on that? You're correct. Now, and how quickly <laughs> you want to credit them back righteousness well, that depends. And, and you I, need and to give the, them opportunities. Yeah. To, want, is yes. a, want is a tough word there because it, in some cases, it's you may want to trust. And, but you can't. But you can't, you know. It, because of wisdom. Wisdom, wisdom says no. and, and, and hurt. You and know? hurt. It, it's like, uh, like saying I love you, but I can't, I can't be around you, you know, um, because you're not good for me. You know, right. it, it's like... Um, uh, what's interesting, and I'll go back to this, is the idea of um, when we were talking about the difference between Jonah and Habakkuk is um, the idea of processing, right? Is the idea that I need to kind of work through this stuff. At the beginning, Habakkuk is like, and at the end, he's like, eh, okay. And that's God's tarrying that allows us to kind of work through stuff and go, okay, you're right, God. You're right. Um, <laughs> yes. And I think that that's, you know, that's part of trust yeah. as well. Is It's like once the person starts to present themselves as safe and, tr and trustworthy that we get there. The, you know, how long it takes, though, is depending on processing. And that's hard. I mean, I, I, I do think sometimes that lack of trust, that is continuing to hold on to those hurts can mean that you need to process some stuff more than you're not and you're not you're not letting it go well it could you be know. that you actually there wasn't actually forgiveness right it, you know right it, I there think may not be that you had pointed out before it's like if you're not forgiving or you're not trusting that means that you're looking for the opportunity to whack somebody right you're you're looking for revenge or which, right you know which is a separate topic but um you know, if if you truly forgive somebody, which is really hard to do, then there right. is a road to trust if you elect to take that road or if it's appropriate to take that road. Um, right. And and sometimes, as, as you pointed out, and, and we did too, is that sometimes you end up with, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm no longer going to want to, you know, 
beat the crap out of you because of what you did to me or to my daughter or whatever it is. Um, but you know, uh, I don't think it's good for me to be, to see you ever again. And mm -hmm. that's okay. And that's yeah. okay. You go live your life. I'm going to live my life. That's probably for the better for both of us. That's okay. Amen. All right. <laughs> I, I, I brought that up because I think it's, because it has to do with this righteousness thing. I think people want, sometimes they do want to jump the, the gun and immediately, well, if you haven't forgiven me, well, if you, if you don't trust me anymore or give me more opportunities to, to do right, then you haven't forgiven me. Well, not necessarily. Yeah. Not necessarily. And I've been on the bad side of that. And uh, it's it's a tough place to be. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, it's not more difficult than being on the other side where you... It's just a different kind of difficult. Yeah. Anyways, thanks for joining us. If you have any questions about any of this, uh, send a note in the, to me at the church or certainly uh, notes in the comments. But either way, looking forward to seeing you guys on Sunday. Until then, God bless. God bless. Thanks for joining us. And go eat some dinner. It's time. It's time. <laughs> hey.